The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, the INTO, the Teachers Union, warning of increased burnout being experienced principally by primary school teachers. 90% of those consulted admitting they struggle with the current workload. Well, Fergal is a teacher in St. Attractus National School in Roscommon. Uh, Fergal, you're welcome to the show. Um, are, you one of the, one of, are, you, are you one of the 90%? Absolutely, I think it's absolutely one of the ninety percent. Yeah, it's a very kind of challenging time for teachers at the moment. So, what is it that's adding to the workload? And I think before I kind of start, I suppose I just want to say that, like, I don't know if I could go into the negatives here, but I just want to say, like, I do love teaching. It's not I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else. I love work with the staff I work with and the kids I work with. Um, I suppose, and again, it's not bad comparing ourselves. And other jobs are very stressful as well, like nurses and guards. Um, I suppose what really is is a struggle with inclusive inclusivity. I suppose I, I have 32 children in sixth class and that brings its own challenges. You're trying to provide a kind of a safe, inclusive space for children with all your SEN needs. You're working with kind of refugee children and children with the English additional language. And you're, dif- you're differentiating for children at their educational level. So I can, I can explain that in, in the simplest terms. If I was teaching a lesson, I might have 15 kids working on a certain topic and I might work with my EL children at their level. And then I might work with children with special educational needs at their level. Um, and then I might work with my group of high achievers at their level. So you kind of one lesson, you might have four or five balls in the air, if that's the, if that's the way to talk about it. Add to that, you have the kind of curricular demands, the constant demand on paperwork. I know the departments are putting a few issues in place to kind of uh, reduce that, and that's very welcome, but it needs to be done quicker. Um, I don't think the paperwork improves the quality of our teaching, and that's why we teach. We teach the children in front of us. And so the contact time... The curriculum demands, the primary language curriculum that's only being embedded in schools now. Mm. The mass curriculum is being rolled out this year. Then there's a primary curricular framework on top of that as well. The constant barrage of changes from the department. Um, and then there's the kind of, I suppose, the hidden side of teaching that I call it. Um, I think everyone has an opinion on teaching um, because they went through school and they kind of saw what the teachers did. Mm. But there's an awful lot more to it than that. Um, like, I call that the teaching side of the, my nine to three, my contact time. Um, they, don't, they don't see the hours of pay work. They don't see the courses you do. They don't see the meetings with the principal, the meetings with the parent who might have concern about their child. They don't see the digital learning team meetings, the middle management team meetings, the meeting with your special educational needs team to talk about a child's needs or talk about a child's report. They don't see uh, the meetings with the outside agencies like NEPS, CAMS, your, special, your speech and language therapist, TUSLA. And that's before you throw in the extracurricular like coach and sports teams. And if that, that it's, it's it's, a con- it's an awful lot more teaching than just the 9 to 3. Yeah. And I, just, I just want to caveat as well, in case any of your listeners are listening. Um, I returned to teaching late myself. Uh, I started teaching at 30, so the 12 years before that, I worked in the private sector, and I regularly worked 13, 14-hour shifts, uh, four or five days a week. So I can, I can see it from both sides of the fence. Um, so I think teaching is, I'm not saying it's harder or easier or anything else, but it's a definite different kind of stress and different kind of intensity than anything I experienced in the yeah, well, well, Explain that to me then a bit more. Why is that? Because you know, you well know then, having been on the other side of the fence, that lots of the texts we'll get in will be from people in the private sector given out. Absolutely. I, I, I understand that. And to be honest with you, I might have been one of them myself maybe 10 years <laughs> ago. But um, I suppose from the second you walk in the door in the morning to the second the children go home, you, you're on. It's almost like you're in front of them you're doing the best you can possibly for them. You have all those kind of balls in the air. You're juggling, you're, you're juggling all those balls, making sure all their educational needs are met. Like, I suppose some people might, might think of their own experience in school when maybe teachers taught down the middle maybe 20 or 30 years ago. You taught the middle of the class where now you want to, you want to teach the, the children's in, individual educational okay, needs. Yeah. If I have children with English additional language, I teach this class. It's not fair if I'm in the country six months and I try and teach 
get them to learn a six-class piece of text, that's not where they're not. No. The art, we need to work with phonics and that kind of thing with them. So the, 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 st- the stakes are, are, are that bit higher maybe when you've got uh, the kids' future in your hands rather than the work in the private sector. Let, let me introduce Peter as well, who's a teacher in Dunderry National School in Meath. Teacher, or teacher, I nearly called you. My God, I've gone back. I've, I've gone back. I've regressed. This is what happened when, we, when, we, when we're speaking to teachers. It's, it's Peter, Kieran. Uh, sir, yeah. will do. Okay, sir, what is it about uh, your workload that you find particularly cumbersome? Um, I think to pick up on a lot of what Fergus said, and I completely agree with him. Um, the, the we've got paperwork kind of getting in the way of teachers teaching and learning, which is the most important thing I think we can all agree on. Um, so, look at when we're taking our our physical and mental energy away from teaching in the classroom, and that's spent on uh, reams and reams of paperwork, which have no demonstrable. Um, improvement on the efficacy of our teaching and learning, then I think we have a problem, mm. uh, a systemic problem that we need to look at. I think a, a large swathe of that was brought in, maybe looking at a UK model and that more paperwork kind of equals better outcomes. And I think I, I'm hearing positive noises from the inspectors and the, the preparation on the guideline preparations on teaching and learning that there's move away from that. Um, but there needs to be a more kind of a holistic approach to it and, and time for a reimagining of what teachers do because we have some of the finest teachers uh, in Europe here and we really do we have very highly qualified highly motivated teachers and you have to ask yourself you know it's not a coincidence that um, again these results are no surprise to me and that there are teachers emigrating and moving abroad and one you know there are other issues in terms of economics in terms of saving for a deposit for a house and that's a that's a separate issue but you, you also have to think of why those people are going over there and staying over there. It's because they look back at Ireland and they think that the system is not right for them, that, mm. they, that they don't fit. I think that it's a certain type of uh, person who's maybe very good at uh, admin work or something like that that would, would thrive. But that's not, that's not teaching. Teaching is a profession where a multitude of different personalities with different strengths uh, can bring so much of their individuality into teaching and there needs to be a focus more on the teacher. Sometimes I feel like the teacher is this kind of forgotten cog in the wheel and I'm I'm absolutely all for a pupil-centered approach, absolutely, but the teachers cannot get lost in the noise yeah. as well because we, we're people as well and we have so much to offer, but I, people need to uh, accommodate us and uh, get the best out of us. And I, I just want to say, uh, pick up on one point as well. I think there's a, a, a crisis in, in leadership in, in the teaching profession as well because I, I can only speak for my own circumstances. I work in a small school where yeah. I have a teaching principal and the job of teaching principal from my own experience and watching my principal is completely unsustainable. This, this uh, person is a mainstream class teacher. They are a, an admin principal in all but names so they have to do all of the work that a normal principal does and we have a part-time secretary, so we don't have a full-time secretary. So when that secretary is not in the school, the principal also has to be the part-time secretary. Now, Kieran, you tell me how someone can possibly sustain doing those three different jobs and then expect it not just to be a manager of the school, but also be to be the leader of a school. And that's the yeah. reason why we're having a lot of teacher burnout and leader yeah. burnout in the profession. Well, Alice O'Donnell is with us as well, a learning support uh, teacher. Alice, how are these stats, these survey findings, how are they reflected in your work? 
Yeah, they, they very much reflect what we're seeing, Kieran. And thanks a million for for covering this topic. I suppose at the outset too to say I love my job. Um, I wouldn't do anything else, but it has changed hugely. I'm teaching over thirty years, and I suppose in that time I've seen I've seen a lot of changes. Our work is very complex, but it's interesting, challenging, really rewarding as well. You, you know, the, no two days are the same when you're going into face uh, a class of, of little children in front of you. And it's a privilege to be able to do it. But I suppose a big part of my frustration would be the amount of form filling that we're doing at the moment and dealing with, with say, agencies like the NCSE trying to have additional SNA support sanctioned for children who really need it. The appeals, the exceptional appeals process is, is torturous for anyone who's gone through it and it has a very low success rate so it seems that there's a lot of a lot of form filling required and very little payout at the end and then on the other side of things we're doing forms for parents who are having their child assessed maybe through the assessment of needs process and so on and at the end of that then it seems that there's just no therapeutic support for those children so in, in school we're dealing with the fallout from mm. that children who need speech and language or OT, um, parents who are hugely disappointed at being told that maybe there's a two or three year wait. And schools are effectively, I suppose, we're the only professionals dealing with those children and we are picking up the pieces, you know. So it takes it takes a lot of it takes a lot of work. And another issue too, I suppose, is the lack of substitutes available at the moment and the fact that learning support teachers are frequently deployed into classes then to take a yeah. class if there isn't a sub available because there isn't really an alternative. And, you know, during COVID, we had a system where you could bank those days and hours and recoup them at a later date. That's gone um, from this year. And children are still losing then a lot on their learning support time. And as my colleagues there have mentioned, we have really diverse needs in our schools now. You know, we have a lot of children who don't have English as a first language yeah. um, or, you know, who are included and have a variety of needs. And it's difficult to meet those needs. And I suppose you, you feel huge guilt as a teacher then if you're not able yeah. to meet their needs. Well, listen, uh, Alice and uh, Peter and Fergal, thank you all very much uh, for speaking to us. Huge amount of text coming in. Uh, I just want to read this one from David. It's interesting, given Fergal moved from the private sector to teaching. I'm teaching in the primary sector for the last 14 years, ready to leave this September and return to the private sector. The workload has increased dramatically and the attractiveness of the private sector has dragged me back now that I have experienced both... The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.